Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. In July of 2022, Eric, myself, and a friend of this ministry, Trevor Wolf, took two weeks off to go visit historical sites in Nauvoo, Illinois, Kirtland, Ohio, and in the Palmyra, New York area. One of the reasons why we wanted to go back there was to hear what LDS tour guides were saying about their own history at these spots that certainly carry a significant amount of weight to the Latter-day Saint. Well, on Tuesday, July 19th, we visited the Kirtland Temple. The Kirtland Temple, of course, is located in Kirtland, Ohio. Our tour guide was a young man by the name of Braden. Now, what was interesting about Braden as our tour guide is even though the Kirtland Temple is owned and run by the Community of Christ, he was not a member of the Community of Christ, nor was he a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He claimed that he was non-denominational, even though he was attending the college that is run by the community of Christ. So it was kind of confusing for us as to why would this guy who claims to be non-denominational be leading tours at a building that was owned by the community of Christ. So we go over to the Kirtland Temple, and he's given us a basic background of this building. And you have to understand, the Kirtland Temple was dedicated on March 27th, 1836. It was the first temple that was owned by the LDS Church. Remember, Joseph Smith is alive at this time, and there is no split between the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That would take place years later. And then the RLDS Church would eventually become known as the Community of Christ. And he's pointing out the fact that there were different rooms for different purposes. And if you want to know the details of that, the first floor was called the House of Prayer. The second floor was known as the House of Learning, which also had in it what was known as the School of the Prophets. And the third floor, the upper floor, is known as the House of Order. Now, we should mention that in the Kirtland Temple, there were no endowments as are understood by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints today. If you say endowments to a Latter-day Saint today, they're probably going to be thinking about the various handshakes and passwords that they must learn in the temple that are going to enable them to get past the angelic sentinels that are blocking their way into eventually the celestial kingdom. The Kirtland Temple did not have anything like that, though it did have an endowment of power. But this endowment of power was more, I guess you could say, in line with more Pentecostal-type experiences, speaking in tongues and prophecies and visions and things like that. This was what was known as the endowment at that particular time. 
The handshakes and passwords would come about later on. That is more in the Nauvoo period. But Braden was trying very hard to give us a, a well-rounded understanding of what went on in this building. I thought he did pretty well for not being a member of the church, but it was still very interesting to me that he was not a member, and yet he was employed by the church to give these tours, because he's being paid. In fact, we had to pay $10 to go on this tour, which made me think, I'm sure the Latter-day Saints would look at that and scoff, because They are pretty proud about the fact that their tours are free. You don't have to pay for anything, but you did have to pay $10 to go see the Kirtland Temple. Now, as we were in this building, we started at the top, and it was mentioned that the third floor is the place where Alvin, who was the brother of Joseph Smith, visited Joseph Smith. Now, this becomes significant because at this time, Alvin is dead. There's a lot of communication with the dead in Mormon history. Necromancy is something to actually look forward to as a Latter-day Saint. To have a Latter-day Saint be visited by a dead relative is a positive thing to most Latter-day Saints. And we've heard stories of Mormons telling us about these types of experiences. Now, certainly there's no biblical justification for this. That would be something that we as New Testament Christians would shun or at least criticize. But for a Latter-day Saint to be visited by dead ancestors is a good experience, at least according to their understanding and worldview. But it was in the third floor where Alvin visits Joseph Smith. And this is where section 137 in the Doctrine and Covenants comes into play. For you to understand why this has such a significance to modern Latter-day Saints, we thought that we would read section 137 to you because it's a very short section. There's only 10 verses in Doctrine and Covenants section 137. But this is an experience that Joseph Smith claimed to have had. It was a vision, it says, a vision given to Joseph Smith the prophet in the temple at Kirtland, Ohio on January 21, 1836. This is prior to the dedication of the Kirtland Temple. It's not quite finished, but Joseph is in this building, and he apparently is in there with other members of the church. It doesn't tell you all this when you look at section 137, but you can find this in various church manuals that give you more of a historical background of section 137. What does it say in verse 1, Eric? The heavens were opened upon us, and I beheld the celestial kingdom of God and the glory thereof, whether in the body or out, I cannot tell. Now this phrase, whether in the body or out, I cannot tell, certainly Joseph Smith is stealing this from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. But then he goes on to say, I saw the transcendent beauty of the gate through which the heirs of that kingdom will enter. Which was like unto circling flames of fire. Also the blazing throne of God, whereon was seated the Father and the Son. I saw the beautiful streets of that kingdom, which had the appearance of being paved with gold. I saw Father Adam and Abraham, and my father and my mother, my brother Alvin, that has long since slept, and marveled how it was that he had obtained an inheritance in that kingdom, seeing that he had departed this life before the Lord had set his hand to gather Israel the second time, and had not been baptized for the remission of sins. Thus came the voice of the Lord unto me, saying, All who have died without a knowledge of this gospel, 
who would have received it, if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. Let me stop you there, because that is a significant statement in verse 7 of section 137. And why do I consider that to be significant? Many times when I have had Latter-day Saint missionaries come to me, of course they're wanting to share what they believe to be true regarding the restored gospel. Now, the restored gospel includes with it a number of commandments that a person must keep, and of course they must also repent of all their sins. Now, we've talked about this many times on this show because it's a very important aspect of LDS theology. You must repent of all your sins, never to repeat them again, plus you must keep all of the commandments. Of course, the question comes up in a conversation with a Latter-day Saint missionary, and that is this, are you doing that? And of course, in our experience, we have never found a Latter-day Saint who is actually keeping all of the commandments and who has successfully repented of all their sins, at least under the definition that is given by the LDS Church. Forsake your sins never to repeat them again. If this is true, that all who have died without a knowledge of this gospel, of course the context would be the restored gospel of Mormonism, who would have received it if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? Well, it seems pretty clear that if you die without knowing, let's say, who Joseph Smith is, if you die without knowing that a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints even exists, If you die not having any understanding of what they believe the restored gospel to be, but you would have received it if you had been permitted to tarry before you die, that's what it's talking about, then you would be an heir of the celestial kingdom of God. Well, what would that mean? It would mean simply this. If you die without hearing about the restored gospel of Mormonism, and then you embraced it in the spirit world, in spirit prison, you will be an heir of the celestial kingdom of God. So what I have said to many Latter-day Saint missionaries, if this is true, what Joseph Smith is telling us in section 137, verse 7, is true, that if I die without knowledge of this gospel, and I embrace it after I die in spirit prison, then I'm going straight to the celestial kingdom of God. Wouldn't the missionaries be demonstrating a more complete form of love for us by not telling us about the restored gospel of Mormonism, without telling us about Joseph Smith, without telling us about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which they believe to be the only true church on earth. At the very least, I think this should stop foreign missions where people really don't know much of anything about Mormonism. Maybe here in the United States, we've had some taste of it, so I could see them wanting to share with general population in the United States. But when you're going to Switzerland, when you're going to Germany and other places, there's limited knowledge with most people. If you talk to the average German, for instance, as to what Mormonism is, they probably would talk about, well, aren't those the guys are polygamy who dress like the Amish? I mean, that's probably what you would, would hear. Yeah, there's a lot of stereotypes about the LDS people, but I think maybe we should emphasize this more when we are talking to Latter-day Saints. Get them to look at verse 7 in section 137 and ask them about that, because 
you could bring this up after asking them if they feel they are qualified for the celestial kingdom. Because I find when I ask Latter-day Saints, if you were to die right now, that all your sins are forgiven and that, that you would end up in the celestial kingdom after you die, most of them say to me, they're not sure. They don't know. And how could they possibly know unless they knew for sure they had checked off all the commandment boxes that are laid before them? So if they really want to demonstrate a love for me as an individual, and I personally believe that a biblical love is wanting God's best for an individual both in this life and the next, why would you put me in the predicament now where I won't know whether or not I've done everything I should? It would be better for me to live in complete ignorance of the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, die in that ignorance, and then embrace it in the next life. Now, a Latter-day Saint could argue, but you don't know if you'll embrace it in the next life. No, I don't know that. If Mormonism is true, I don't know if I would embrace it in the next life. Now, I would think at that point, if I'm being visited by spirit missionaries that represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I would be pretty stupid not to embrace it at that point. I may not embrace it in the next life, but I know for sure I'm not going to live all the commandments, and I'm not going to repent of all my sins according to the LDS definition while in this life. I know that's not going to happen at all because nobody keeps all the commandments, not even the most faithful Latter-day Saint. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.